You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Good morning, Alan Aguirre with your Chameleon Church Show. You thought I was going to say tune a warning. So did I. It is Tuesday, July 27th. It is the end of July. Not sure how we did that, but we're at the end of July. Yeah, I'm live and direct to you from the Wasatch back in northern Utah. Uh, we're running a few minutes late this morning because StreamYard decided uh, I needed to... Uh, I don't know, send in my email and get their code in order to log on. And it took forever for the email to come. And then once the email came in, it takes, you have to schedule a show more than 10 minutes in the future. And we were like four minutes out. But anyway, you get, you get to see us a little bit longer. Well, it's the same amount of time, but we'll be going a little longer. Hey, but at least you don't, you don't have to just deal with this mug. You get to deal with this mug. What's up, Muggy? Good morning. How you doing? What's up, Larry? Good time no see. I know, man. It's like we we miss you. It's like we're like people are like, wow, this community church show. They leave this Lamb Network guy, and the guy can't keep his co-host or whatever. There you go. <laughs> I know. No, so um, so you had an interesting season on the Basilisk this year. Yeah, Basilisk bit me in the butt. <laughs> How can I say it any clearer, man? The basilisk bit me in the ass, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. That's right. <laughs> we do need to make a T-shirt. Oh, that would be with, cool. With our little chameleon? Because uh, yeah, he's not a snake. He's not a basilisk. He's a with the chameleon eating the basilisk. There you go. There you go. The chameleon eating a basilisk, and it says, the basilisk kicked my butt, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. Yeah. Oh, man. How that much would money? be so cool. Yeah, do you think anybody would buy it? Uh, yeah, I do. I really do. Yeah, well, that's good. I think that'd be a cool one. That's funny. So, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, boy. So, so people used to say, we come to the Chameleon Church show for Alan, but we stick around for the, for the rabbi. And I know who said that. I'm not going to say who said it because they're, they're actually on right now. Well, somebody just said, Lenny is the peanut butter in this sandwich. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Feeling kind of unappreciated, Al. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, speaking of, I want to apologize if I, if I, if I came off a little, I don't know, cranky last night uh, at the beginning. I, I, I think I was just tired and I had a slight headache, but... Uh, so, not that that's an excuse for anything. I apologize if I offended anybody or, you know, sounded like a little whiny little prima donna. Didn't mean to do all that. So, there. So, I don't know how much you want to talk about your uh, last couple of weeks, but that's up to you. Well, you know, basically, people know that I had... Um, a heart procedure, that's what I'll call it, to get rid of my AFib uh, back in uh, April. And it was a two-part procedure. And uh, after I got my last procedure, that's when we entered the season of the basilisk, right? All of a sudden, my blood uh, oxygen level and my 
all the all the levels that measure my white blood cells went off the chart. My red blood cells went down, so it wasn't carrying oxygen to my heart. They couldn't figure out why, and we know that it's either a, we knew that there was a bleed inside my gut or somewhere else. Couldn't find it, so literally for about two and a half weeks, I was just I could barely even walk. If I took one step, I was out of breath. And I've never felt that before. That freaked me out, that shortness of breath. And I, I, I was fatigued. But it wasn't I was COVID. Dizzy. I fell over I don't know how many times. Oh, geez. And, uh, um, but, it, but it wasn't COVID. No, not at all. And so, yeah, because I've, in, that, in the midst of that, I had three COVID tests. And yeah, never, yeah. Because I'd have to go in and out, in and out, in and out of the hospital. Yeah. So... Basically, um, wrapping up towards the end of it, it culminated with the transfusion because I was going in for cataract surgery, and that happened um, not age-related. It was a oncoming, they called it a fast-growing uh, cataract because of a cortical steroid. And um, Yeah, of course. Obviously. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> there we go. Look at this. It says having trouble loading your feed. Do you see that? No. That's on my end. Huh. No, we're good. You're not okay. frozen. You're not frozen. So anyway, um, basically, I went in there to get the cataract removed, and he stopped the operation right there 10 minutes before and put me in the ER so I can get the transfusion. So Wow. That, that's out of the way. My blood levels are up. Now we just have to find the right doctor that can possibly find the bleed. Or I've just been praying and we're, we're crying out saying, Lord, let it be healed so I don't have to go any farther. And I mean crying out for, for that. And uh, just last night's devotional, again, just really gave me some perspective on faith. That's what I got out of it because the oh, cool. Holy Spirit was speaking to me not to everybody. It was it was when you were talking, and when everybody else was putting in their uh, experiences, I was receiving on this end. The Holy Spirit just saying, "He goes, you know what? This is a new level of standing in faith. You need to experience for what's to come." And I went, "Oh my gosh, more!" Wow. <laughs> but he goes, "When does it stop? Right until further we see him face to face." You know, there's that whole further up, further in thing. Yep. Wow. Well, that's a trip. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, and 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 we we everyone has heard heard us say, in so many various ways. You know, if it's it's like that meme. Oh, you, you think you're going to have this international ministry, but you won't help put away chairs, or you won't help clean the toilets. You know. It's that's like, right. You know, it's like, and and we we experienced some of that in the men's retreat. We, yeah, yeah, we were running late this morning, Bob. We um, we we experienced some of that in the men's retreat. For example, um, I won't I won't name names, obviously, but uh, uh, we showed up to um, so so it was anyway. So let, let's talk about the men's retreat. That was that was a good time. We uh, our primal primal scream men's beat chess gathering thing. Just kidding. I followed <laughs> you on Facebook. So yeah. Best as I could. Yeah. So people started showing up on Thursday. Uh, we kicked everybody out of the house. So we ended up taking over the house, essentially. And um, on Friday, we had a you know Shabbat. Um, 
with the, the wives and the kids and and then they all left and then um saturday we did a we got up had a hearty breakfast and then we went to uh to vernal vernal utah to the petroglyphs uh and we did that and so we had uh we had to pack we had packed lunches so we you know we took some coolers with us with you know all the lunch stuff and so after doing the hike we well, there's a they have a couple picnic areas on the property and uh, we were setting up for for lunch and um nobody brought paper plates napkins or condiments for the sandwiches and i was like well that's you know we had a couple guys on the on the responsible for the food and stuff and so i was like well that's that's kind of (laughs) silly and um and then we got and then on sunday we went to uh we we rented a pavilion at a uh, at a RV place right next to the Provo River, so we had walking access to the river and fishing and all that. And no one brought hot dog buns. They forgot to bring hot dog buns. I forgot what else they forgot, but I, there was no hot dog buns. And so I, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, we're talking about taking our territory. We're talking about taking territory for the Lord. We're talking about all these grandiose supernatural spiritual things and stuff but we forgot condiments we forgot paper plates we forgot napkins we forgot hot dog buns if we're going to grow and become a formidable ministry where i'll use the word outsiders come in and are expecting us to bring it we have to bring it we we can't expect to bring it in the spiritual if we're having a hard time bringing it in the physical and that's always been you know i've always known this that's that's the aspect i've always been impressed with impressed with coming into christianity from the world coming into christianity from a background where there was no religion i wasn't born in the church my parents were not saved we were not church-going people we were not religious <clears throat> They weren't Christians. I came from the world into this thing. And so I've always had that perspective. And I've always had that, hey, you know, you can't really expect to pull anything off in the spiritual realm if you don't have your physical realm business taken care of. So I've always tried to make sure I had my physical. It's like that's why I started taking back seats in my career. Remember? You remember. You were my pastor back then. It's like, you know, how am I supposed to go out there and tell the people on, on a stage, you know, thousands of people, we were a formidable band. We were, we were, we were famous. How am I supposed to get up on stage as the front man, as the voice, as the represent representative of this band and challenge people to to Jesus and challenge people to holiness and challenge people to whatever. If I turn around and get off stage and my life, personal life is an absolute chaotic mess and there's and then there's that scripture that passage in the new testament that's always been there and that's you know if you can't manage your own household how do you manage the household of faith and it's like that's always been right right there it's like oh you know and so you know i brought that up with the guys and um because i really 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 think and, and again, I think that's why Jesus used the parables that he used regarding the parable of the talents and the meanest, stewardship. 
I, if you can't steward this, how do you, how do you plan? That's, and that's what he told Nicodemus. How do you not know these things? You're, the, you're a leader of Israel. And if you, don't, if you don't understand what I'm telling you in the physical realm, how the hell are you going to understand what I have to tell you in the spiritual realm? I mean, is that not what he said? It's exactly what he said. Which is why I'm always nitpicking about, did you turn your lights off? You know, this and that, you know, all the little practicalities of, of life, communal you know, life. It's, a, it's interesting. When I was born in revival, I wasn't born in the church either, you know, just in the Jesus movement. I mean, snatched up. And it's interesting, the leaders, you know what their first watchwords were? They sat you down and they say, do everything is unto the Lord. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. And that's, you know, we had that issue with, with one of the guys that was living here not too long ago. They left about six weeks ago. And it was like, you were raised, you spent time in a community. You spent time in a Jesus, you spent time at the Lighthouse Ranch. You were at the Lighthouse Ranch for how many years? So I know this was instilled yep. in you. I know exactly. this was instilled in exactly. you 50 years ago. So why is it so difficult for you to do anything that, that's required of you, whether it's mowing the yard, whether it's sweeping? It doesn't matter what it is. Why are you not able to do that as unto the Lord? Because, and why, well, and you know, and then of course, you know, but I am, I am, I am. I'm like, no, you're not. Look at this. Look at how much I had to clean up after you because you do such a piss poor job. I try really, really hard to do everything as unto the Lord. I try to be excellent in all that I do. Alan, when you were at your lowest back in Burbank, before you got the word that you're his son, you approached it not as you were getting whacked by God. What I saw was a true fear of the Lord and a brokenness that you wanted him. And I remember it was months that there was things going on, just suffice it to say. And then when you heard that, it was like all heaven busted loose on you. Yeah. And it was after that, everything just went whew, right to the heavens for you. Yeah. Um, Lenny's talking about the time that I had a, I had to, I had to have, I had a, had an issue I had to go deal with him with about. And um, one of the first meetings we had, I mean, we had already known each other for about geez, five, six years. And um, he, he goes, by the way, one of the, one of the ladies at church was praying for you the other day. And the Lord told her, I don't know who Rommeld is. That was my pseudonym. I know who Alan is. Alan is my son. And so she brought that to Lenny because nobody knew who Alan was because nobody knew yeah. my name was Alan. Even my wife, who knew my name was Alan, didn't call me Alan. Nope. And um, so nobody knew. And this was like, I'd been using that name for 10 years. To this day, a brother from Texas goes, is that Ronald? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I go, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny, right? Um, so, and I remember after that, you, you asked me in, in that in that meeting, you asked me, man, I wonder what else the Lord is going to require of you. And I said, I have the list in my back pocket. Yikes. Because I was going through that process, like I explained last night, I was trying to disqualify myself. I was doing what I could not to position myself so that the Lord could not use me. That didn't work out very well. And um, and so I had a list of things that I knew I had to do 
that I wasn't doing. And so after that meeting, I started doing those things. I started working towards fixing all that crap that I had neglected for a few years, six years or whatever it was. And, you know, Christine and I, we still look, we look at each other. We look at it, we look around and we look at our peer group and we're like, wow, they, they look so, so much older than we do. Or while wow, all these lives are, there's just so many lives that are just so, so lacking. So many lives that are just, they're just not cooperating. Uh, they, they haven't matured, nor have they matured in these essential areas. And, and we we know we know we attribute the our mar- the fact that we're still married we attribute the fact that we're still here walking in the lord we attribute the fact that our theology and doctrine is sound um i mean a lot of people think it's not because we do torah but then have you looked at their lives wow um they haven't grown at all i mean it's like they're still doing let go let god <laughs> <laughs> They're still doing that. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm not to make fun, but it's like, it's weird to me how you can't do this for 10, 15, 20, 30 years and not mature. How do you, how did you, how have you not gotten out of that box? And they actually believe, well, because this is the Lord. And if I step out of this box, I'll be in error or in sin. So they don't go anywhere. You know, it's like they just, they're just stuck and frozen in time. It's like, it doesn't work like that. But anyway, we attribute all that, the fact that we're still believers, still serving the Lord, uh, the fact that we're still married. All We attribute all that to the fact that we fear God. There are covenants in place, and there are covenants involved, and we fear God who is not a covenant breaker or a liar. That's what we do know. We know that much. No. Uh, so, Bob, yes, the hot dogs were bibli- were clean. We would not eat unclean. We don't eat unclean. And no, not the German tank general. That's Rommel, R-O-M-M-E-L. This is Rommeld. Um, it was, it's Lithuanian, not German. They're both Slavic, but yeah. Uh, it was my stepdad who raised me his first name and since i only have a middle initial of r for my middle name even though it's supposed to be riley i just you know it's a long story it's it's old news it's like 30 plus years old news yeah that that message is the message of discipleship it really is it's the message that's going to get us through you know it's trying to finish it and working on some teachings last uh, this last week. I have a lot of downtime this last few weeks. And uh, I was looking at Haggai's vision for the last generation. And uh, he said, this was interesting. He's talking to this last generation. And you know, Haggai's all about rebuilding the temple yeah. and what the real temple is. And, Metaphorically, it's to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength, which is the kingdom of God within you. But he says this, he says, he goes, be strong, all you people of the land, and work. And you've been saying that, work. Do it. Um, Obedience. He says, for I am with you. My spirit remains. Do not fear. 
And the reason is, is I put down why this warning, because he says turmoil is about to hit with unrelenting force. And then he goes on to say in two, uh, chapter two, I will shake all nations that the kingdom can be ushered in, not by man's hands, but by my glory. And boy, okay, that's a spiritual truth that he said, what, 3,000 years ago? That's unfolding right now. And it's not time. It's not, okay, church, you can have revival for the next 50 years. I mean, it's not. You better work. And that's obedience with a joy in our heart, man. Well, doesn't he say, doesn't Jesus actually say work while you can because night's coming? That's right. I mean, he says he that. that. That's scarier than, oh boy, I better watch yeah. that superlative. I almost said something I shouldn't That's scary. Yeah. And you don't hear that being preached anywhere. No. You know, here, you know for some reason, Christianity actually believes that when they read when they read stuff like you just read, if they even read, that's Old Testament, right? So that's rare that they would even read that. But they actually think that God's just we're just kind of hanging out, and God's going to show up and do what He says He's going to do in the revelations or in the you know prophetic or whatever when it comes to end times. And we're just kind of and because we're we're good Christians, we're just going to get kind of swept away with that current and you know the current of God. Like God's just going to show up nilly willy. To do his thing, because God's going to do his thing, and we're, well, let me rephrase that. God's just going to show up and do his thing, and we're just going to be, like, added to the mix, nilly-willy, and just be, like, I know. like, they're just, like, I don't know, what's a good way to explain it? It's like, it's like. Your your it's like for example, let's say your brother or your sister or someone close like that. Your immediate family gets married. You're not thinking you're not getting invited to the wedding. You're just you're you're obviously invited to the wedding. You're going to be part of the wedding party. You're going to be in the pictures. You know, it's like it's like it's assumed. It's just generally assumed that because they're these they're Christians and they go to church and they do whatever it is that they do, that when all this bad stuff shows up in the prophetic timeline in the uh, the eschatological eschatological yeah eschatological what's the word eschatological eschatological uh, uh, algorithm (laughs) that's right that's exactly what it is that that they're just added they're just they're just a part of it that's right I'm, I'm, I'm not sure who explained that to them like that well, you know what? It says this. Remember what the scripture says. This is the generation in that day that will say the Lord delayeth his coming. That's not just coming out of their mouths. That's their lifestyle. And that's their cultural imperative. And you look at pop cultural Christianity today. The Lord delayeth is coming. He's just coming. And I, he's going to rescue me out of here before it all hits the fan. It's just so weird. What's that it is before the, the brownie hits? doctrine yet. Yeah. Before he'll, he's going to just pull me out before the brownie hits the whirly. So Tim says he experienced a lot of great stuff too at the retreat, and it wasn't all epic failure and disappointment. I, Tim, is that how you heard, heard me explain it? The men's retreat was a failure. Fire them. You're fired. No, man. Uh, Corin and Ryan, Ryan is our worship leader guy, 
uh, from Idaho. They led us Saturday night in a time of prophetic worship and impartation. That was pretty impactive and uh, touched a lot of lot of hearts. That that, that yeah. See, Tim. I was just talking about something else and just brought that up as an example. But see, I can we can now talk about this because it is about aligning ourselves, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable to hear what it is that is, is actually needs to be heard so that we can align with it. I don't know why they think that though. I mean, obviously I do because they that's what they've been told, but you're not just added to the mix just because. It's like, "Oh, what's that?" I don't oh, put it into the recipe. No, we've got to be, Jesus says, we have to show ourselves approved. We have to show that our salvation is secure. We have to be proactive in all of this stuff that we're talking about. And while we're talking about that and marinating in that, don't forget to like, subscribe. This is like a little commercial. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave a comment, hit that bell, uh, follow, whatever it is, depending on the platform you're on. Be sure to do all those groovy things. We do this every Tuesday morning. We started 10 minutes late this morning because, well, I've been a little busy. Um, thank you. I was just worried. Oh, no, I agree, Tim. It's always important how people that weren't there hear it. Um, no, it wasn't an utter failure. It was, it was a very good time, and I love these guys. And we we do we're doing God together, and it's a it's a good thing. We we have linked shields, and it's a positive thing. Sorry, I gave the impression it was. A so I got to ask: Did you see any nephilim bouncing off the walls in Vernal? No, 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 we did not. Um, there is some some cool stuff up there, though. Yeah, there's there's some cool stuff up there. No, it's good. Tim, you want? Did you want to share a, uh, a? Go ahead and share a testimony if you'd like uh, over the, from the last weekend. And there were smells. What do you? So apparently, some people smelled some smells. What did you? What did you guys smell? Or who smelled what? Yeah, there's some good stuff. Um, there was a group. Man, how many of us? We had about ten guys going out and about doing these things. It was good. That's good. So we'll wait for Tim to catch up if he has something to share. And uh, what else? Um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, so Ryan and Corin led us in some prophetic worship and impartation. We got to uh, anoint some guys with oil and lay hands on them, and uh, it was good. It's good stuff. A lot of prophetic declarations and uh, some words, words of knowledge type of stuff going on. It was good. That's wonderful. Yeah. And uh, people started, uh, everybody was gone by Wednesday. And so Thursday, I actually just sat there in my house all by myself because we were like, the first time we had, there was, first time there had been nobody here since before the wedding. So we were just, so I was just like. And then Friday, we had the grandkids, took them out, spent the day and took them out to eat and skate park and a movie and all this stuff before Shabbat. It was Corn's birthday, my son's birthday, and so I we went fishing on Saturday for uh, his you know, Shabbat birthday. We just went fishing. Him and I caught some big fish. We were fishing the fish. That's cool. Yeah, and then I guided for Sundance again on Sunday, and uh, here we are. It was yeah. It's been a busy last seven to ten days or so. 
Yeah. I need a vacation from my vacation. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, boy. So it's the end of July. We've got August coming up. August, everything starts changing again. Ugh. Can't just yep. keep it steady for a Man, they're really pushing this agenda, aren't they, out there? All right, so I'm going to read this um, this uh, YouTube post Tim just put. For me, let me see, I can throw it up here. For me, the reoccurring theme was God's faithfulness from seeing the sequoia in person that some of us had prayed so hard for to watching God show up, speak, and providing. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very cool. God is faithful. He um, he takes care of us. He takes care of his own. My sheep know my voice. Yep. My sheep know my voice. That's always a, a good thing to know that he's going to be faithful and that he's patient and kind and, and long-suffering in our... If we're, you know... Man, there's this, I can't remember where it is. It's in the Old Testament. He allowed a child to live because there was something good in his heart. He saw something good in the heart of that child, which would obviously manifest later. Um, I can't, I can't remember. I, I got to find that verse. It's very, it's very interesting because it puts a perspective on it. It's like, oh, wait, are you suggesting that, that not every heart? has something good in it that God sees in it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I don't buy into the the lie that, oh, everyone's good. We're all good. No, that's just not true. But yeah, God saw something good or something correct in this child's heart, and so he, he spared that child. I forgot whose child it was. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I vaguely. We need to find that. <laughs> Racking my brain right now. We need to find that because if you have a heart for him, there's the key. See, those are the rules of engagement. That's the protocol. If, like Paul says, if you do this, then you're going to get the everlasting life. But if you don't do these things, and they're all Torah, if you, it's all obeying the commandments, then yeah, good luck with that, buddy. Um, so if you have a heart for the Father, he takes care of his own. So he goes, here's some more from Tim. There was healing spiritually, emotionally, and seeing fruits from last year's physical healing to watching growth and getting words for direction. That's good. That's what we did over the weekend. Luke 9, 4, 7. I'm pretty sure it's Old Testament, but let's see. What's, do you want to? All right, I'll look it up. We have a Bible verse being in the comments popping up luke 9 47 i wish i could speak like captain james kirk but i can't luke 9 47 but jesus knowing the reasoning of their hearts took a child and put him by his side yeah no i mean we are that is talking about the reasonings of their heart but no this is actually so, an actual child i think it was one of the kings of israel that's that's going so. through my brain right now i think so he was when he was young, and they hit him. Uh, oh. The family was being the family is being judged by God, but he spared this child because there was something right in his heart. 
So yeah, I need, I, I, we need to figure out what, what I'd like to see what that is. I just remember I just remember it in passing. Yeah. Want to find it. So what else is going on? <laughs> we might all be forced to wear masks again. Really? We're in California? Yes. Oh, fun. It's been a crazy week on that. Oh my god. You goodness. know, you know how you know, we've been talking about how there's like this false lull, false sense of security lull. Yes. They're really ramping stuff up back in the back, 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 aren't they? It's like there's an avoidance of the enemy to do anything right now because I believe he's afraid exposure is just right on the horizon. So that lull is falsely orchestrated too. But in the meantime, though, like yeah. not 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 in the back, but like way back in the back back, they're like at work, busily oh, yeah. at work, setting things up, and then they're just gonna like go whoosh, and we're gonna go ho. There's something I want to say, but I want to give it the right words. Because <clears throat> as we get closer to the end game, there's something that I stumbled upon just in hearing teachings and studying that one of the things that Yeshua responds to in releasing the seals for the judgments on the earth is the intercession of the believers on the earth whose prayers ascend to heaven and he sees his faithful, I don't want to say remnant, his faithful saints, which no one could number, he releases the seals and judgment comes. So that tells us that even though that that's going on with the enemy behind the scenes, he's raising up that generation through people like you and others right now that are going to be part of the cohort that fuels heaven with the go-ahead of God to say, come quickly. And then a third of the population's wiped out. Tell me that ain't strong prayer and intercession. Tell me that ain't people who say, Lord, you have your will before mine. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So as much as that lull is right there and the enemy's trying to do something behind the scenes, there's something going on incredible in the lives of the saints, just with those that have been faithful to speak truth. It reminds me of something Bill Johnson said, man, back in 06, 07 maybe, 08, around that time period, where he, he was like, Revelation isn't something that happens to us. The book of Revelation? Yep. You know, everything that the book of Revelation talks about, the seals, yes. the bowls, yes. the trumpets, the curses, the, the beasts that come out of the ground and the stuff that's unleashed on the earth. That's not something that happens to us. That's something we cause. We cause, exactly. We exactly. Cause, we cause through our prayers. That's right. So someone's saying 1 Kings 14, 13. I know, I was just looking it up. Let me look at that. It says, And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him, 
for he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord, the God of Israel, in the house of Jeroboam. Yeah, that's it. Because Jeroboam's family line was going to be annihilated. So here's where, let's go back. The context is, is, is important. 1 Kings 14, verse 7. Go tell Jeroboam. Do you guys know who Jeroboam is? We talk about him. I, um, I do a profile on Jeroboam regarding prophets in this book. But um, he's the guy that was given a prophecy that he would be ruling Israel. And then Solom, uh, Solomon heard about it. So he had the guy, the guy left. He takes off. Then after Solomon died and his, his son Jeroboam is in charge, Jeroboam comes back into the scene. And because Rehoboam did not do what he was supposed to do, because he was like, right, the kingdom is split. Jeroboam is given 10 of the tribes, the northern kingdom of Ephraim, that ends up being scattered among the Gentile nations. That's prophesied through Manasseh and um, when they remember the prayer of Joseph's children, uh, when Jacob prayed over Joseph's children. Um, that's prophesied that they would be a Gentile nation, Goim. They are. That's the Ephraim, the northern, and the two remaining tribes that are in Jerusalem, um, Benjamin and uh, Israel and Judah, right? Am I, do I have the names right? I believe I do. Yes. So um, Jeroboam decides that, well, if I let my ten tribes go back to Jerusalem, where, where they're supposed to obey the Lord, right? You go to Jerusalem for every fee, for the three pilgrimage, pilgrimage feasts, uh, Passover slash Feast of Unleavened Bread, Shavuot, and then Sukkot. Um, you show up to Jerusalem, and every firstborn male of Israel is, is to present himself before the Father. He figures, well, if I send, if I if I let everybody go to Jerusalem like they're supposed to, I'll lose control of the ten tribes. So he sets up two false places of, of worship, Bethel and I believe Dan, wasn't it? Yep. Bethel and Dan. He sets up two false locations. You can't do that. You can't change Hanukkah and turn it into Christmas. That's what Jeroboam did. You can't replace Passover with Easter. That's what Jeroboam does. He replaces Jerusalem as the place to worship. Remember, Jesus says, you people don't know where to, where to worship. Remember when he told the Samaritan woman that? The Samaritans come from the northern tribes of Ephraim. Yeah. There's your connection. I, have to, I explain this all in the book. But anyway, you can't do that, he says. You don't know where or who to worship. We do because we're the Jews. That's what Jesus flat out tells the, the Samaritan woman. So Jeroboam changed uh, Hanukkah into Christmas, and he changed Passover into Easter. There's your Bethel, and there's your Dan. And he erects a golden calf. Think about that. Gee, where have we heard that before? He erects a golden calf in Dan. He erects a golden calf in Bethel. He creates a fake priesthood they're not even levites and then he sets up a feast day on the eighth day of the month on the 15th day of the eighth month no god's holy days holy day is the seventh month 15th day you can't change hanukkah to christmas you can't change passover to easter you can't change the 49 day counting of the omer to lent you can't do that and you've done all three what do you think is going to happen to you for participating and observing those false counterfeits? Nothing? I know. I know you don't believe anything's going to happen to you for doing that because I've heard you tell me that for 40 years. You're wrong. You're not going to fool God. 
Go tell Jeroboam, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, because I exalted you from among the people and make you leader over my people Israel and tore the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it to you, and yet you have not been like my servant David, who kept my commandments. Christianity champions David. Well, God championed David too. For what? For keeping the commandments you don't. And followed me with all his heart, doing only that which was right in my eyes. God's eyes. That's what he just said. See, that's the thing. You have to do what's right in God's eyes. Not your pastor, not your denomination, not Protestantism, not Reformed Catholicism. You have to do what's right in God's eyes. But you have done evil above all who were before you and have gone and made for yourself other gods and metal images, provoking me to anger, and have cast me behind your back. Therefore, behold, and I explained to you what he did, and that's what God's talking about. And he said that's casting God behind his back, doing these imitation things and not doing what God told him to do. Therefore, behold, I will bring harm upon the house of Jeroboam and will cut off from Jeroboam every male, both bond and free in Israel, and will burn up the house of Jeroboam as a man burns up dung until it is all gone. Anyone belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city, the dogs shall eat. And anyone who dies in the open country, the birds of the heaven shall eat, for the Lord has spoken it. Don't think this is a light thing, that you do not keep God's commandments, you do not keep his feast days. It's not. But Alan, we live in the New Testament, we're not Old Testament believers. Well, that's your problem, see. That's the problem right there. But Alan, because of Jesus, no, that's perverted and demonic to suggest that because of Jesus, God doesn't expect you to obey him. That's perverted and demonic. Anyone belong to Jeroboam who dies in the city, blah, blah, blah. Okay, the Lord has spoken it. Arise, therefore, go to your house. When, you, when your feet enter the city, the child shall die. And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him. For he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave because everybody else is going to be either eaten in the city or in the field. Because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord, the God of Israel, in the house of Jeroboam. And then a king is raised to cut off the house of Jeroboam. So that's the narrative. This is a prophecy that Abijah... Yeah. So here, at, the, at that time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, fell sick. And Jeroboam said to his wife... We're going to the top of chapter 14. Arise and disguise yourself that it is not be known, so, that, so that it is not be known that you are the wife of Jeroboam. And go to Shiloh. Behold, Ahijah the prophet is there. So Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, fell sick. He sends his wife in disguise to the prophet Ahijah and uh, let, to let him know. He's the one that prophesied initially back in Solomon's day, that Jeroboam would be king. Take with you ten loaves, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what shall happen to the child. <clears throat> so he's the child's sick, so you send your wife in disguise to the prophet. Jeroboam's wife did so. She arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. Now Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were dim because of his age. And the Lord said to Ahijah, Behold, the wife of Jeroboam is coming to inquire of you concerning her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus shall you say to her. So when she does come, 
I just read you the prophecy that was given to him. And basically the line of Jeroboam is going to be wiped off the face of the earth. But because of this child, because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord, he will have a proper burial and a proper grave. Everybody else in the line of Jeroboam is going to have a pretty ugly, messy end. Eating by the dogs. Thank you, uh, Natalie, for that. It's, um, you know, I don't know why people think that that God's been done away with and because of Jesus. Have you ever read Revelation? There's some nasty stuff going on. You know, remember that guy? Remember how all the, all the disciples were selling their land and giving all the money to the apostles so that it would be distributed equally among the, uh, the believers? And so there would be no need among them. Yeah, and, and not only, yeah, and not only was there no need among them, there was no need. In, uh, there's actual Roman documents that says they're even taking care of our own poor. Well, there's this one guy who sold his land. He sold it for, well, it doesn't say how much he sold it for, but let's say, let's say the number was he sold it for $100,000. And he brought $50,000 to Peter and said, Here's, here's the proceeds from the land that I have sold. And Peter said, so you're telling me you sold your land for $100,000, I mean for $50,000, and you're giving me 100% of it? Yes. And, she, and, and Peter said, yeah, um, you're lying to the Holy Spirit, and uh, now you're going to die. And the Holy Spirit struck the man, the man down dead, and they dragged his body off and and some time later, the wife showed up, and they asked her about it. So I heard you guys sold your land. She was in on it, too. And she goes, oh, yeah, we sold it for $50,000. Didn't my husband come by with that $50,000 check? And Peter goes, why are you lying to the Holy Spirit, man? Why are you lying to us? We know that you didn't sell it for fifty grand. It's your money. It's your land. You can do whatever you want with it. You can sell it for any amount that you want. But for you to say you sold it for 50 and you're giving us 100% of it is lying to the Holy Spirit. That's the thing. That's the point you're not understanding here. You can sell it for whatever you want. It's your land. It's your money. But when you start bringing in the Holy Spirit into the, the equation and you start lying to them, oh, listen, the guys that brought that carried your husband's body out, they're on their way here. And she fell, bam, dead, killed by the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me. It's not the same God. And, and see, the reason why those things were done was to, and it says, it says in your New Testament algorithm, it says exactly why it was done. To put fear in the rest of the people so that they wouldn't sin in the same way. That's the, see, and see, that's the thing. You think God doesn't function like this anymore. What he's actually doing is he, he's allowed, he, there came a point where, where, Jesus, where God tells, it's, it's in the book of Joshua, it, it came to a point where God tells Israel, you know what, I'm done. You're not listening to me. You haven't listened to me since the night the, 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 the angel of death hovered over the, Egypt and killed Egypt and her gods. That's the last time you guys listened to me. I told you to stay indoors and you did. After that, you just didn't really listen to me. And I'm pretty much over it. 
Moses is dead. Joshua's either dead or about to die. Uh, I'm pretty much over it. I am lifting my blessing off of you. I am no longer going to uh, go ahead of you and get rid of the Nephilim, the giants of, in the land of Canaan, because you're not cooperating. You're not listening to me. You're not in obedience. I am actually going to stop doing that, and you're pretty much on your own when it comes to this land thing. And it wasn't good. Correct me if I'm wrong, Lenny. Uh, everybody did what was right in their own eyes. They were being overridden by the Nephilim. They were, I mean, we get to the point where they, the, 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 Israel has astral poles and bell altars in the temple, right? Remember Gideon? Uh, on and on and on. It's just bad. And it keeps getting bad, and it keeps getting bad, and they, they, they overthrow the prophets, and they want a king, and it keeps getting bad, and they're killing the prophets, and it keeps getting bad, and then Jesus show up, and then they killed Jesus. That's how bad it got. They killed Jesus. That's the parable of the vineyard. Yep. It really is. So I think God's done the same thing, because we're just like Israel. Oh, you're not going to listen? You're not going to obey? Okay. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. I'm going to let you seemingly get away with what you say, seemingly get away with what you do. I'm not going to strike you down dead when you lie to the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to let you lie to the Holy Spirit. I'll deal with you later. But Lord, I, I cast out devils when I prophesied. So there's no fear. No one fears God. No one's afraid to do wrong. No one's afraid to lie. No one's afraid to go against the spirit of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, and instead pick up a little sign with three letters on it and take little Bobby and Susie in the street corner and stand there like this. Right? There's no fear of God. Uh, Gunger just came out saying that uh, it's public, so I can say it because he posted it publicly, that Buddha is God and Krishna is Buddha is Christ, Jesus is Christ, uh, Krishna is Christ, everything's Christ. You're Christ. We're all Christ. He's going to take a lot of people down with him because they're they're just as stupid as he is, if not more stupid because or stupider is that a word? Because they're following his lead. I think God's allowing all this stuff to happen because, well, you get what you—that's what you wanted. I'm done with you. Just like he told Israel. You know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. And that's what we're doing. He gave us a state of execution and you squandered it. Trimmer asked, do you believe he still appoints judges? Our apostles equivalent. The apostle is supposed to, it calls out the sin of the nation. It really does. Yeah, it does signs and wonders and all that, but primarily he's the one that, uh, and the prophet, basically, they're the ones that call out the sin of the nation. Or the equivalent in the end times is the one who says, here's the truth. If you don't take it, you're going to perish. Again, I mean, there's words and knowledges not to put down any of that stuff. But the prophets that he that he's raising up and the true apostles are the ones that release those that tell the truth. So is that a yes? Do we believe he's still you know, I, governmentally? If you want to look see it on paper, I don't know. And I, that's pretty hard to prove. But it's in volumes out there in the air. By the spirit, yeah. So the so okay. Let's so let's let's explain to those that don't know. 
prophets were raised up by God to warn and judge Israel. Apostles and prophets today run Jesus run runs the church that Jesus established, and they bring warning and judgment too. Yes. Besides blessing on the people right. for obedience, they right. yeah they do. They have what, to bring it. Right. Ephesians four eleven and twelve will tell you why they exist. It's for the equipping of the saints, so they're not tossed to and fro, so that they're mature, matured. Um, so, what happens to the church then? That come year two hundred, year three hundred, so the last eighteen hundred years, let's say, easily. Uh, the church has done away with apostles and prophets, and they've elevated the role of pastor to take care of such things. What now? That's called delusion. <laughs> and guess who's the head of the church? Because then people are going to say, well, I trusted in the apostles and the prophets, and Jesus is going to say, depart from me, workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. <laughs> they forgot He's the head. Yeah. And the true apostles and prophets, I'll tell you this, it's no different than when Jesus says, they know my voice, they hear my voice, and they follow me because of my voice. If the true apostle and prophet is reiterating the voice of the Lord, which is Torah, and everything that goes with it, they're following the voice of the master. Yeah. That's just the natural passing over. Right. And so I, I explain this stuff in this book. Again, I'm not we're not doing this to hawk a book. I'm just saying there's we've we expound this has been expounded upon in this book. And um Christianity doesn't understand what a false prophet, what that defines as, what is defined what the Bible defines as a false prophet. They don't understand that. They um, they have the Christian religion definition. We got to get rid of those little cars, man. Uh, we, have, we have the Christian religion definition of a false prophet, which is incorrect at all. A false prophet actually teaches that you don't have to keep Torah. Right. A false prophet actually teaches that you don't have to keep God's feast days. A false prophet actually teaches that you don't have to keep the covenants of God, and he'll use words like, we're not under the law. According to the biblical definition of a false prophet, and I outline it in here, in the Bible, I tell you what the Bible says, not what I think the Bible says, but what the Bible actually says. A false prophet is anyone that would, would teach you or tell you that it's okay for you not to, that it's okay for you to eat pork, that it's okay for you not to, for you, it's okay for you to keep Christmas and Easter instead of Hanukkah and, and Passover, that it's okay for you not to keep the covenants and commandments in the Torah. That's what a false prophet teaches. Remember he said this in Matthew 24, he says there will be many Christs in that day. When he said that, he wasn't talking about Jim Jones. <laughs> he wasn't talking about drinking the Kool-Aid. He was talking about those that would be on the level with what the anointed one, the Messiah was, that there would be a, 
application of faith, a false religion that would just have Jesus written all over it. That's scary. It is. That's terrifying. Because it's everywhere. And I, I just don't want to say progressive Christianity. It's delusional tradition that's out there too. And there's a lot of it. And and again, you don't have to believe us. A lot of people think I'm nuts. They think we're nuts for thinking this. They think we're nuts for believing this. And they think we're nuts for teaching this. So pull out your Bible, dust it off. Read it. Be, care be careful opening up the pages that are stuck. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you. Um, test what we're saying with the Bible, old and new. And yes. I pray that the Holy Spirit actually reveals God's truth to you and that you're not um, diluted by the veil of deception by the enemy. Like, I mean, Eve, who wasn't, Eve was an, an immortal and she was seduced by the enemy. I'm not sure what we think we have to believe otherwise. Um, weren't neither of us are telling you anything that's not actually in the Word of God in the Scriptures, and we're not telling you anything that's not in the New Testament either. Everything we're saying is literally in there, and we're telling it to you contextually. I know that's difficult to believe or understand when you don't know what the Bible says contextually. Um, Natalie, if you order that, what we do is we email you that PDF download. Um, so be sure to check your spam. And um, I, I'd have to check my other computer on whether or not you were added to the list. If not, I'll make sure that you are sent that today. Um, that's how we do that. And thank you for that order. Um, so yeah, it's, we, we, we also understand that not everyone's going to believe these things. We also understand that this is outside of the normal spectrum of Christianity, I mean, hell, the majority of you guys don't even speak in tongues. You know, you're wearing linen instead. <laughs> Sorry, that's a cheap shot. Um, but I mean, we understand that. We understand that a lot of, I mean, a, a lot of people don't even have the the speaking in tongues, healing the sick, casting out demons, raising the dead thing. They don't even have that piece. We understand that, and so it's going to be difficult. And we we understand. Um, I. I I, I poke fun, but we, we, we work with, we interact with, we actually have relationship. I have more relationship with Christians that don't speak in tongues that eat pork than I do Christians that do speak in tongues and don't eat pork. Okay, so you can't say, oh, well, Alan, no, because you don't, you don't know my life. You don't know my life. Um, I hang out with a bunch of Christians. The majority of Christians in my life don't believe this. The majority of Christians in my life don't believe they're supposed to eat clean and keep God's feast. They do Christmas and Easter. The majority of Christians in my life um, 
a lot of them don't, you know, speak in tongues or heal the sick or cast out demons. So it's not like I'm biased. It's not like I'm prejudiced or anything like that. I know I might sound like that because I just, I poke fun. Um, but yeah, the majority of my life, the majority of Christians in my life are like you. They don't do those things. I say you because I'm not, I don't know what the numbers, I don't know what the demographics are. Um, for all I know, there's 80, 80% of you are on board with what we're talking about. I don't know. It's not like we take, we take surveys. <laughs> but um, I'm assuming the majority of you watching live and or later um, eat pork and observe Christmas. If I'm wrong, awesome. But I want to, um, the reason why I believe that is so that I can address these things and speak to you respectfully. I know I poke fun. I make fun of flat earthers, but I have friends that are flat earthers. Um, so, you know. Somebody out there is thinking, well, maybe you should stop making fun of people. Well, what fun would that be? Come on. That's who I am. Uh, people are Yeah, that's right, Tim. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, Natalie, I sent that to you from our Gmail account because, Natalie, you have an SBC email, don't you? Can you, If you can answer that, that'd be awesome. Natalie, you have an SBC Global or something like that email address? And our email server doesn't like those, doesn't like that mail server. So I sent it to you via Gmail. If you can tell me whether that's who you are or not, that'd be awesome. Uh, Doc Michael, Doc Michael, I don't know who that is. Good morning, folks. Good morning, brother Kevin. Hello. We're about to wrap it up here, but good morning. Bob, you're a little nuts, but you're right on. That's why I hang out there. So, yeah, I am a little nuts. I'm not, you know, hey, if you want a normal, Guy, there's plenty of people. There's more of them out there than there are of this. And uh, I'm not making any any apologies for it. You know, the reason why they brought me into Root Awakening was to help them with a younger demographic, even though I'm the same age as all the other guys that are on there uh, or older. But I'm not like that guy. I'm this guy. How you doing? <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So we started 10 minutes late, so we're going to have to go 10 minutes over. I need coffee. There's people. There's people walking. They're walking a dog. I like looking out my window. Is it sunny up there? Uh, yeah. Well, it's been kind of cloudy. We've had a lot. Man, yesterday morning was horrible. Yes. Okay. So, Natalie, I sent it to you via uh, our Exodus to Ingathering Gmail account. So... Look for a Gmail account. Eat, it should be e2iseries at gmail.com, I believe, is the address. So, yes. And I sent it to you. I, I sent you. I sent you one when you first pre-ordered, and I sent you one yesterday. Um, and yesterday, I could not see the mountains. The smoke was so bad. I could not see the temps. I couldn't see anything. And you know, I'm, not, you know I'm like not far away from them. Where are the where are the fires at in Utah? Uh, I don't know. It was smoke from somewhere. Wow! And it was bad, man. It was really bad. But it got clear. It cleared up by night, by last night. And I woke up this morning and I could see him. But we're having some. We're having a little bit of rain, a little bit of thunderstorm during the the day, uh, the last week or so, which is good because we need it. Yeah. 
I know that Portland and Seattle's burning. <laughs> <laughs> oh yep. man, Portland Sorry. and Seattle. Gosh, I can't help but get political. Dude, started. the fact that they did what they did. Yeah, I think Idaho was part of it. Take a survey, man. I don't. I don't. I don't think I'm. I don't feel led to take a survey. Uh, yeah, Portland and Seattle. It's the fact that they did what they did, and they let them. They let them get away with it. That's the. That's the crazy thing. Hey, um, real quick, don't forget to like. We only have one like this morning. <laughs> no hearts. Uh, don't forget to like. Don't forget to follow. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to do all those things, depending on what platform you are watching us on. Um, be sure to do all that groovy stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> You're watching the Chameleon Church Show. My name is Alan Aguirre, co-host Lenny Parada. We've been on the air for over three years, and we appreciate you spending your Tuesday mornings with us. Yeah, we do. We do. We never know what we're going to talk about. I mean, rarely do we have any idea what we're going to talk about. But somehow, some way, the Spirit of God breaks through, and he brings uh, an applicable word. And I think that's pretty darn cool. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. And I think it's tailor-made for who's watching and when they're watching, I think. But I don't know. It's the format that... It originally started off as a four-man roundtable uh, regarding the Torah portion, and uh, then I was given the the show, and so I ran with it, and I changed it up pretty quickly because that just seemed a little... And here we are. Well, the Torah portion got in there. Today, it really, really did. What's the Torah portion? <laughs> this week? Basically, it was not to quit. It's, it's what the the summation of what this last week was. Don't quit. Oh, don't quit. Well, yeah. there you go. People, don't quit. Stay in school. That's right. <laughs> oh, and man. don't wear a mask. Oh, sorry, Lenny. I know. I know. That would be wear it. That would be considered wear it. Yeah. Double it. We're just, we're just so. I'm out of coffee. Oh boy. Hey, so we're talking about the uh, what the word of God is this week on uh, two minute warning, and I'll be able to do the whole week. And guess what I get to do after the two minute warning today? Right, I get to write. I have to. I have to find the time to. I need to. I need to knock out this devotional, man. It's it's fallen so way so behind, and I really appreciate everybody's patience with me, as because I mean, you know what? They know that I'm. I'm not just sitting around watching Oprah or Ellen and eating bonbons all day long. I mean, that's no, I'm not. Um, I'm taking care of business, and it's yeah. Lenny, what word of wisdom do you have to impart on these people as our uh, benediction, as our salutation out of here? Um, um, that's a good one. I'm just kidding. 
Oh man. Uh, no, really. Do, do you have uh, la- any last requests? Any last words for uh, our our esteemed Tuesday morning, July twenty seventh, last Tuesday of July gathering? Do the work. Do the work of alignment, repentance, go. and submission. Fear go. God. The right uh, beginning of wisdom. Fear, fear you know. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Read the first ten proverbs, man. That'll tell you what what you need to be doing. Yep. Heed wisdom's cry when she cries in the streets. Hey, I'll I'll talk to you later, Lenny. Have a have a good rest of your day. And um, you too, buddy. Everybody is, out there, God bless you, man. Yeah, likewise. You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host. Ellen Aguirre. I think people wait around to see if we're still going to pop up like this. It's like a, Marvel, so. like, like a Marvel show, like a Marvel yeah. movie. They're wondering, you know, surely these guys are going to pop up and say something or do something goofy or silly or or, or something. Or, it was filled with content today, buddy. Yeah. Hold on a second because we're still live. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.